You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Clary, sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here on the happy hour, 93.7, the ticket, the ticket fm.com. Nick, Rico, and now Nathan are in here. What's up, Nathan? I've been bitter. You, you I've have been to, bitter. You have to figure, a way to w- figure out a way to wiggle out of this, Nate. I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I'll just go through my rant. I have, make sure you guys stick around for on the block. Time out. Jay will be on there. Don't, before you rant, we got to get volleyball discussion in. Go for it. Nebraska volleyball starts 3-0. and they win all three games, all three sweeps in the first tournament of the season. Nicklinheim's sister plays for Pepperdine, got a beautiful ovation before their game uh, by the Big Red Faithful. Nebraska has four players on the all-tournament team following their three-game wins. Caitlin Horde, middle blocker. Lexi Rodriguez, Maddie Kubik, and Whitney Lowenstein. Stein. Steen. Steen. Whitney Lowenstein. Uh, great performances by all of them, by the entire team, really. Uh, a couple interesting moments. The first set against Pepperdine went, they, they ended up winning that one 26-24. Pepperdine pushed them, but kind of took care of business afterwards. Um, really interesting how they've switched setters uh, between the first and second game. They had, uh, uh, <laughs> Now I'm spacing on names. Give me a second. Uh, Kennedy Orr start the first game, and then Ani Evans started the second game at setter. Um, both of them looked amazing. Couldn't really tell you who had a better game. My only thing is Kennedy Orr is a bigger setter, and they've been working on a play where if she gets the first touch, Lexi Rodriguez bump sets it to her, and she can get the kill, which she did a couple of times in their first game against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. They have their next game this Thursday against Loyola Marymount uh, at the Bob and then another tournament following that. And their first big-time matchup will be Ole Miss next week, mm-hmm. I believe. I think it's on Friday. With a uh, former Husker volleyball player coaching that team in. Oh, my goodness. Why am I spacing on names right now? The text line can help me. But they have Ole Miss coming up soon. Um, side note: te- Jordan Larson is no longer with Texas as well. So Jordan Larson, the former Husker, uh, USA uh, gold medalist or an Olympian, no longer on the coaching staff of Texas. There's a little side note for volleyball. Um, okay, so Gus says this: Nick, your love of Gabe Irvin is only matched by Rico's love of Latman. Grant did very well with no blocking. <laughs> Yant showed why he uh, didn't play very much. If the hole isn't as big as the ones that Northwestern man- made, Yant is lost. Plus, Irvin is less than a year removed from an ACL. Rest him for the Big Ten. Um, Caleb Banworth is also who you're yeah, thinking Caleb about. Yeah, Caleb Banworth. The Husker Invitational starts this weekend. Uh, Thursday, Loyola Marymount. Saturday, Ole Miss. So, both of those at the Bob. Obviously, you can watch Loyola Marymount on Nebraska Public Media and Ole Miss on the Big Ten Network. Uh, okay, so let's play those. Let's play one of those two qui- uh, clips again, Rico. Whichever one you want to play with. Can I rant first? Sure. You guys still haven't let me rant. Well, yeah. Jay Form is going to be working on the block. We're going to be we're, whatever you rant about. We're going to go in deep, probably. That's fine. So Jay Foreman's joining me on the block. Make sure you guys stick around. We're going to have him for a full four hours. I know he's got quite a bit to say. He's already been on the program throughout the yeah. morning because he is he's he's, he's been, not happy. He, he's been texting me. Yeah, 
Here's where wow, Jay, thanks for texting me. I <laughs> I'm Mr. Optimist, Mr. Positive. So I, I guess the the only way that you can possibly spin this is that there's eleven more games. It's one game, it's week zero. But this is where my frustration lies. And a lot of people were telling me on Twitter, like, really not taking this too well, man. And like, to be honest with you, my frustration is that someone from the outside came here and I see how much you guys love football, how passionate you are about this university, how passionate you are about Nebraska. I saw the crowds in Ireland. I saw the fan base. I saw the pep rallies. I saw all of it. Mm-hmm. You had hundreds of thousands of dollars dumped into going over to Ireland from this fan base. And you have the audacity to not only lose against Northwestern, but literally the end of that game, you got embarrassed. That was, that mm-hmm. was embarrassing to end that football game. And that was, that was my frustration. It was like, I genuinely am sorry to Husker Nation because you guys do not deserve that. That was an embarrassment. Uh, t- time and time again, I, I keep thinking back to that game. And in, in the later stages, when Nebraska's down 31-28 to 28 for, for what felt like quite a while, they had so many opportunities to get a field goal, get into field goal range. And, and in a game where, dare I say, like the 55-yard attempt had 57. enough. 57. Had enough leg. It had enough leg. It Brought was just in a different kicker. It was it was just not accurate. So you had an opportunity to get into field goal range, or what and, and such, and you couldn't do that because the onside kick call literally drained all your momentum. Drain you you handed all the momentum and then some on top of that to Northwestern on a silver platter. Kept telling people don't count out. Pat now, Fitzgerald. Now, here's the thing. Is I, we, we said don't count out Pat Fitzgerald, but I did not think that Ryan Holinsky was going to be able to come in and, and throw for over 300 yards. I'm checking his Heisman odds. Honestly, it's not a terrible idea. Here's the thing, though. Like, We've reached the point that mm-hmm. I am one of the biggest Scott Frost defenders. I have stuck to it. I've said trust the process. There is something here that's cooking. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I I'm I've I've reached the point now, like I, I'm probably done. Let's uh let's pause ten seconds for station identification or listen to the happy hour on the ticket. This is Lincoln's home for sports talk on the FM dial. Also online at theticketfm.com on the internet. KNTK FM Firth ninety three seven the ticket. Uh, and, go ahead. I and I'm curious too. Text line, let me know because I had a lot of people that. We're with me with Scott Frost. We're against me because I feel like Scott Frost is one of those where you you kind of took one side or the other. But now I don't. Now after Saturday, I don't think there is two sides, and I, and I don't think there is. And Which, I, I'm at the point. Literally, the only thing that could possibly save him and have me, I'm still going to drink the Kool Aid. I believe in the team. I don't believe in the coaching staff. One person in particular. I believe in the team. I'm still drinking the Kool Aid. I still think they get to six games. I think they limp their way into a bowl game, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Scott Frost is the point. You have to beat Oklahoma. If you lose to Oklahoma, I don't care what the rest of the season up until that buyout yeah. looks like, you're done. So it's that's over. that's an interesting conversation that we can have. Um, and we actually posed this question a couple months ago, sarcastically, because we did not think that Nebraska was going to lose to Northwestern. Rico and I posed this question on our show a couple months ago on does a an Oklahoma win negate a Northwestern loss? Wasn't thinking about that one, really. And, and, and we thought about we we said it sarcastically, and we didn't really think too deep about it. But now here we are, 
And so no. give give us your thoughts. 402-464-5685. Does a Northwest, or excuse me, an Oklahoma win negate a, a Northwestern loss? Does beating a top 10 right now at the time, so, yeah. top 10 team in the country, negate a loss against a divisional opponent? No, because not only is it a divisional opponent, it's overseas. You're the first game of the season. All eyes are on you. Second game of the season. Shout out to Western Kentucky. Um, but you're you're one of the first games of the season. The only game that week between Power 5 opponents. Again, it's a conference game. It's something that actually means something in that's the long point. run towards that's the end point. of the season. That, that's, that's where I lay, too. It's a good point. You lose that game. I mean, cool. You beat a top 10 team. Everybody can celebrate. You can storm the field. I mean, the students won't because they're in a terrible situation, and if they jump down, they'll probably break their leg. Bingo. Um, but yeah, that's awesome and all, but you know, say you follow that up and and you lose another conference game, like you're gonna you're, look if you, if you finish the season with six wins, you're gonna look back and be like, yeah, but remember that time we beat Oklahoma after after these yeah. four years of not of of non winning seasons, you barely make it bowl eligible, uh, and you're sitting there like, yeah, but we beat a top. But 10 what's, team. that's the thing is though. you're seven and five, but you look back on the season and say, well, we're seven and five, we're playing in the new era and pinstripe bowl, but hey, at least we beat Oklahoma. But the thing is, when you I guess do it's that, bad boy mowers. Yeah. Is, now. is that worst case scenario now? Because if, if you want Scott Frost to, gone, which is what a majority of the fan base, if not all the fan base is looking at, I have a feeling if they beat Oklahoma, you don't move on. There Whether is right, a, wrong, or indifferent, I don't think they do. There is a worser case scenario, but nobody wants to talk about that either. Where you lose to one of these other teams, yeah. One of these first, one of these next two. Teams. And let's let's think about this, guys. Think about just going off of worser. of what we. What we probably could project to have happen, and that's a, a loss against Oklahoma just because they're the ninth-ranked team in the country as of right now. Um, so Nebraska's... Because they have a cookie schedule. Exactly. So if, if Nebraska is 2-2 two and two following Oklahoma, how do you feel about going into Indiana? Your two wins are North Dakota and Georgia Southern, and your two losses are <laughs> yeah, Northwestern and Oklahoma. West team. And, and Oklahoma. And Oklahoma. How do you feel about going into Indiana? How how much confidence as a Husker fan do you have going in, into Rutgers on a Friday night? I, I I couldn't imagine a whole lot unless unless right. Sometimes the scoreboard doesn't always tell the story, right? As as Husker fans know, sometimes the scoreboard doesn't always tell the story, and by that I mean they could come out and have a dominating game against North Dakota and Georgia Southern and win. 35-14, that 28-7. That's why I say the Oklahoma so, game is the one to watch. Because these next two games, outside of them losing, we talked about it off air, Nick. Like, are we confident in a seven-point win over Georgia Southern? No, not at all. Honestly, I'm pretty worried. But you're at the point now, you're 2-1. and one. Yeah. Like, it's, you're 2-1. Here, here's the thing. It, it's the same situation as we felt as Nebraska fans last year, guys, is you lose to Illinois in week zero when all the eyes were on you. It's literally deja vu all over again. But in, in a season, in a much more demoralizing feeling right now, with a, with a much more deflating feeling, soul-crushing feeling, because you sat here and last year it was, all right, yep, you got Fordham now and, and Buffalo how much can you learn from those before going into Oklahoma? And the answer was not that much nothing, because I, I, I've told you guys on air before I went into Oklahoma, went up to, I was, I was standing on the field. Like, I don't really know what type of performance we're going to see today. I, I have no idea. 
I, I, I have no answers about this Husker football program and going honestly, into Norman. And, honestly, and, and the now, start of that game didn't look good. No, and the, the start of the game didn't look good. They they committed two false starts right off the bat. They they started out first and 20, and luckily Adrian Martinez, who whatever, got ran for like 16 yards on the first play. And that they actually were able to snap it and, and yeah. run a play. And, and also, here's the thing, Omar Manning played a pretty big role in that game as well. And that's yeah. that's the Gabe Gabe Irvin got out. Um, well, you know what's most frustrating for me, guys, and you might you might not agree with me, but you might. I watched that game, and every single time I said Nebraska's the better team. One hundred percent. I can look back that, and say this you can, game. Nebraska's not a bad team. No, no, that, and that's They're not. That's they just the th- found a way to lose again. You, gosh, Nate, you sound like it is. All the things you're mentioning, it's it's very not obvious. I don't want to sound like a, 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 a ass when I say this. Um, it's very obvious that this is like the fur like first big season that you've seen this because these are all the same <laughs> things that we've seen. We've talked no, about. Not saying that you haven't been paying it, attention, but I think not saying that you haven't been. I, I wanted to, I wanted to phrase right. that in, in a way that I didn't sound like a, a jerk. Well, the reason that it hurts so much is because you saw it happen time and time again with Scott Frost, exactly. Before, but nothing changed. Now there's so it much hurts changes. So much now because you made all of these changes, so this wouldn't exactly, happen. and it's still it still, it, it still found a way to happen. That's what's frustrating to me. Exactly. You know, Jay Foreman talked about it last week. Where if you, I, I, and again, I'll have to go back and, and watch the game again. But he was talking about it last week. Where if you go in and you look at a game, and if you can take out, you know, three or four big plays, and you know the score looks closer, the game looks closer. Like you know, that's something that you can build on. Against Northwestern, some of them weren't even scoring plays. There were so many massive plays where the running back would just mm-hmm. squeak through the offensive, squeak through the line, and be six yards down the field before they're even touched. And yeah. even if they are touched, again, so many missed tackles. Rashawn Jackson and Terrell Farley talked about that. You know, are are they working on on live tackling in practice? You know, what's what's going on in the practices? I think they said. Uh, I, I think Frost said over in Ireland they had one practice where they went live and were tackling to the ground. You know, it's it's one of those things where you can see once you get to a game how you've been practicing. Mm-hmm. Have you been practicing with aggression? Have you been practicing tackling to the ground? Have you just been thudding up? Have you been working two-hand touch? You know, whatever you've been doing in practice will show up in a game, and you saw that against Northwestern. There were so many missed tackles, so many so many assignments missed or, or, or overplays on defense where you had – People playing too aggressive, way too aggressive, where they end up, you know, three yards past the quarterback going the wrong way mm-hmm. because they were trying to get around somebody. And then you've got a running back where, you know, they they, they have a little uh, uh, hesitation, a little draw play where they, they fake the pass, they hand it off. There's nobody within six yards of the running back. The defensive yeah. line getting manhandled. The aggressive, the aggressive nature of the defense and the offensive line was non-existent. They were getting pushed around by Northwestern. I know everybody wants to say Northwestern is this academic school with guys who are going to be doctors and teachers and, 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 and you know, sports show, sports talk hosts, you know, whatever Northwestern is. But look, those guys are still Division One football players. And if you if you go look past them and think it's just an academic school, you're going to get your tail handed to you. And that's exactly what happened in the trenches for Nebraska. Ray says this on the text line, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on it. Do we feel better about this loss if Northwestern goes on to have a solid season? For me, I do not. Because I think at some point, it needs to stop being about everybody else. And at another point, you just need to look in the mirror and look at the body of work. 
And it's not like this was Scott Frost's first game as head coach in Nebraska. It's not like we're in year two either. This is, as you said, Nathan, we Nebraska made change. In the post-game press conference, it sounded like Scott Frost didn't like the change, didn't like not being able to call plays anymore, and now here we are 0-1. Here's the biggest thing that I have is that we keep looking at the schedule. We keep we keep laying out the teams that you should beat and the teams that are a toss-up. No matter what Northwestern looks like at the end of the season, I don't think we can we will be able at any point in time to sit back and say Northwestern is a good team. Yeah, we probably I mean they're mediocre. They're, they're they gonna might be, be a bowl team, but like, that's this, like what, how they played on Saturday is how they win games. Literally, they're yeah. patient. They do their job. They wait for you to mess and, up, and they wait for you to mess and up. That's what the happens. same exact thing that Iowa did last year. And that's how Northwestern has won the Big Ten West a lot. Yep, two of the last hundred percent years. But then when they when they match up with Ohio State, with Michigan, with Michigan State, those teams they're overwhelmed because those teams don't beat themselves. And they let's, have let's go to the Honda Lincoln Hotline. We got Jared on the line. Jared, I appreciate being patient, man. Uh, what's on your mind today? Yeah, I don't, Jared. Jared's probably gone. Three, two, yeah, one. Yeah, we, no we, we, we waited a little bit long for Jared. Now we move on to uh, Bofus. Bofus, good afternoon. What's on your mind, man? Well, I'm as upset as everybody, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you try to find a positive out of the game, we only had one penalty for five yards the entire game. So absolutely right. They clean that that stuff up. Yeah, you're yep, you're absolutely right, Bofus. You have one penalty for five yards, Thank and it came Bofus. it came in the second half. Um, and and that was one thing that we think about it, guys. That was one thing that we said: two keys to the game: Nebraska to limit penalties and to take care of the football. Nebraska limited penalties. They had three turnovers, six dropped passes, and it's just one of those things where. You are you're frustrated because he, not saying you should blame Casey Thompson on some of those passes, and and Casey Thompson we, he was we, taking chances. We could sit here and we could analyze Casey Thompson's play. I honestly um, thought he played pretty well. He did. So I mean, he Nate, played, how he would played you well for a half and half a quarter? He played well enough to win the game. I, that it, is true. That's my that's my point. And that's yes. your all you're asking. That's all you ask out of a guy. Um, now, here's the thing: Did, were there were there mistakes in in some games, or excuse me, some some areas of the game, some times of the game? Yes. At the end of the day, but it's week zero in a it's, new it's offense. It's week zero in a new offense. You're going to have mistakes. But see, and that's where I think it was so demoralizing and deflating with this game is because you expected we, I, I expected the defense to pick up some of the slack. I sat here last week, and I will take full part or to, full blame for this. I sat here last week, and I, I don't think I was the only one and said, it's okay if the offense comes out sputtering a little bit because they're in week zero of a new offense, so many new pieces, it's okay, but they need to pick it up by the third quarter and second half because that would indicate halftime adjustments, mid-game adjustments, something that Nebraska struggled with in years past. And I also said that with a, with a thought in my back of my mind of this defense is going to pick up the slack. Northwestern's offense doesn't scare you by any means. It's not Ohio State. You're not playing C.J. Stroud, Trevion Henderson, and, and Marvin Harrison Jr. You're not going out there playing those guys. You're going out there playing Ryan Holinsky, who now looks like a Heisman favorite after one game. And you're going out there with Evan Hole, who was had 1,009 yards rushing last year. Probably on his way to a thousand more. Exactly, time. and also Cam Porter, who, who's come back from yard rushing. <laughs> yes, yeah. and so now, and and also his counterpart Cam Porter, who's come back from injury. And so coming in, it was like as long as Nebraska's defense picks up the slack for a couple quarters, you're going to be okay. But yet 
you came out, and Marcus Buford, give him some amount of credit. He gets burned on the touchdown, then comes back, forces a fumble, but then gets burnt again. And it's like the, the defensive backs didn't come up. The the pass rush that we were so high on, it, the the linebackers were slow. Non-existent. Yeah, the pass rush was non-existent. Any rush was non-existent. Well, I mean, the defensive backs. I you know I'm, I'm not gonna totally defend them, but you know, like you just said, he got burnt twice, so they're not you know coming up to stop the run because no, you could get burnt again. No, and, and then you look at like Nebraska's going to be in trouble if they don't figure out. And I can't believe I'm saying this linebacker play a little bit. It once they face a receiving back. If, if, if a running back that they're playing against can catch the ball successfully, which look at Trevion Henderson, look at some of those guys, right, which they don't have to play Ohio State, thankfully. But if they face a guy that can, can catch the ball out of the backfield, that's going to be a very difficult matchup for Nebraska's linebackers, staying with the running back. Let's go to the hotline. we got Jay on the line. What's up, Jay? What's up, fellas? How's it going? Not too bad. What's on your mind? Uh, so, both of us just called. Both of us. Dude. Listen, I appreciate the fact that he called in with the silver linings, but guys, go back and watch that game. Rico, you said you watched it twice. <laughs> those those officials didn't call anything yeah. in that game. I saw a ton of holding, pass interference, their, uh, face mask. I, oh, come on. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we only got one penalty called, but there could have been a hell of a lot more penalties called. Okay, that they, they let them play. Second, if I hear one more person call in and say we need to work on tackling, it's football. Yeah, if you're not working on tackling, I was a fullback and when I played football, I was six two two thirty. If you arm tackle me, I'm running through it. If you're not practicing wrapping me up, taking me to the ground, and locking up my legs, I'm gonna run through it. Those running backs are like little bowling balls for Northwestern. If we're not practicing wrapping up, taking them to the ground, it's a problem. Yeah. And my third point. The next time you're, I hear Scott Frost say they had a great scheme or they had a good scheme, <laughs> that, that's out. You're getting, you're being out coached. Yeah. Don't yes. say it. Don't say it out loud, man. Just don't say it again because every time you say it, all I do is sit back, my eyes roll in the back of my head, and I'm like, oh, okay, you got out coached again. Mm-hmm. I love Scott Frost. I appreciate everything he's done for the university. I, I just don't want to hear it again. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks Thank, for taking my call. Thanks, yeah, Jay. That's, a, that's Jay. a great call. And he makes a great point. Think back. We, we talked about parallels last week on the show before this game happened. We talked about parallels, and it was um, another parallel that you can now make is he gets out coached in the first game of the year. Perhaps Nebraska wasn't prepared well enough in the first game of the year when they had the clear schematic advantage in the first quarter. And, like, the offense looked great on the first drive. They sure did. It's very scripted, you have to, It's scripted. Remember Exa- that. That's exactly scripted. what you've been working on those plays for the last two weeks. You knew exactly how you were going to operate um, in the last two weeks. So, all right, we got about a minute left here. We'll let Nathan get out of here. You guys want here. to hang around? I mean, you can if you want. There's a chance. Jay's coming in at three. I mean, I'll be here. I'm going to work over there. So You guys are more than welcome there's to hop in with me. Of, or it's just going to be me yelling at you. I was going to say, there's, there's which... plenty of plenty of stuff. What's new? <laughs> I think I, yeah, whether, something's never whether, changed. Whether, whether Strick's here, whether I'm here, whether Rico's here, whether Jay's here, nothing's changed. You can changed. count on me yelling into a yeah, microphone. I think I've, I think I've for the most part, got everything out that I wanted to say. I'm just, you know. There's going to be a full week of this. I'm still. At least. Look. I'm going to say it out loud. Still excited for the rest of the season. We'll see what happens. There's still 11 games to be but played. But guess what? But guess what? Volleyball plays this weekend. There, there's, <laughs> big there's, match. There's, Caleb Banworth led Big volleyball guy. There, there's going to be some difficult conversations to be had over the next couple weeks because, like we said, Northwest, or excuse me, North Dakota doesn't do a whole lot for, for your program and some confidence with Husker fans. It just doesn't. So 
Difficult conversations on the horizon. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on the block with Nathan and Jay is coming up next. See ya. Adios.